Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the new Sundial boss and a little bit about the event itself and what I think about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. I'm probably live right now, so come on in and hang out. Uh, the new boss is, is kind of the central focus of if you're doing Sundial this week, this is being recorded on December the 19th. So... The reason I want to talk about this is this is one of the unknowns. We didn't know what was going to be happening in the Sundial activity each week with these new bosses. I got a nice picture of him right there doing his little attack. And I I don't want to be hard on Bungie. I know some people are probably going to be hard on them about this. There isn't significant changes to the activity with this boss, but I think that's kind of to be expected given that there's going to be four bosses and this is a an activity that's going away and a lot of the a lot of the encounters and stuff are probably where the meat of the content is anyway when you spend time in you know the sundial you're primarily in the front 90% of it and the back 10% being the boss fight we don't need a ton of diversity here I'm not going to really take them to task for that however I am concerned about a couple of things that people are going to start saying so number one I just want to talk about the arc show you know what do they do to the fight what's it feel like what's it look like then I want to talk about how uh, the sundial is quick and painless if you were the team it's quick and painless if you were the team it is a good grind it feels really good but i want to end by talking about generosity this is a very generous encounter uh, activity you know source of loot especially if you're upgrading your obelisks this is going to be a very very generous activity as time goes on even more so and we need to be careful not to say that's a bad idea i think people are going to be critical and say that god rolls are too easy to get and i want to address that that's going to be at the end of the video so first let's just talk about how it's an arc show you can kind of get a picture of it here uh in this picture that i have on the stream i think the new boss is cool i like the idea that the fight does change in its thematic sense it doesn't really feel any different it's not any harder you don't have to do anything that dramatic but there's a different sort of thematic sense it's arc he brings down this this crazy art art you know arc storm i like that they're bringing sort of environmental things like the hammer of dawn style attack we have in the one encounter it's cool to see things in the game that haven't been there before so the people that are going to say oh nothing really changes about the fight oh it's boring to a certain extent experientially I do feel like Bungie's trying to get a little bit more creative and do things they've, they've not had in the game, and I think the Arc Storm brings a cool feel, and it's not, you know, shooting yourself out of a, a void webbing. Also, the boss seems to be tied to the burn. You know, it's Arc, it's Arc burn this week, and he's bringing down Arc on your head. You're going to die really, really fast, and then you can use Arc on him as well. Uh, the linear fusion that drops from the sundial is Arc, and I've been using it on this boss, and it's actually really, really nice. Grenades, it's a little easier to miss them, I think, if you're going for those direct impacts, uh, and hitting crits on him was not that difficult, and it made it pretty fun to use one of the new weapons. Having it be in the same boss room, I think, is fine, but... It would have been nice to maybe do a new mechanic as as opposed to just punching the Scions. Since it's arc and there's an arc storm it would have been neat if maybe like he electrified the floor and we had to do something to get rid of that and once the floor is no longer electrified like that would have been like the source of his shield or something. I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to come at Bungie really hard for the lack of big changes in these fights, the lack of significant differences, but it would have been cool to do something a little not so go punch the Scion, especially because there's an activity where you have to go punch the Scion almost the whole time. Uh, that, 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 gets, that doesn't necessarily get old, but it can start to make it feel very samey. It's like, oh, we've been doing this already, and now we have to do it in the boss fight as well. So as far as it being like an arc show and like an electric show and like lightning everywhere, I think it's neat. Uh, maybe they could have done a little bit more, but again, I'm, I'm not going to be too hard on them. I think that overall, the sundial activity is good, and that's why I want to talk about how it's quick and painless. The activity of the sundial with a team, especially with a strong team, is really fun and really fast. Once I get done with my milestone, I get my three done, I do kind of want to take a bit of a break. It is a bit of a it is a bit of a meat grinder, especially when the unstoppable and the anti-barrier guys can kind of get a leg up on you. If if I have unstoppable and I'm not near the unstoppable guy and I'm over on the right, that unstoppable guy can be a bit of a headache. Same with the anti-barrier champions. Uh, but it, it is fun and fast if you really, really start to practice and anticipate when they're coming out. Whenever you're doing you know these encounters you start to memorize when the anti-barrier when the unstoppable guys come out and I was enjoying that I was using the linear fusion that comes from this activity on the anti-barrier champions and because of arc burn I was able to kill them before they got their barrier up I was able to kill them with three uh, with three quick shots and I did like that it was it was cool to use a new uh, one of the new guns and to feel like I was kind of landing on the activity as it's designed like oh these guys are a pain point it's also really really rewarding this is probably one of the most rewarding activities ever in the game the fact that I can just sit there and grab multiple versions of the same gun three to I think the max will be four four times in a row and then there's obviously the frames I wouldn't spend any of the, the currency on the frames until you have all the obelisks leveled up but I I think this activity is is doing a very very good job. The only concerns I have on the activity as a whole about you know it's quick and it's painless kind of under this theme, I'm concerned that the champion mods need to be less restrictive. I don't like having to run a bow in here all the time and I'm gonna probably be switching to a scout soon. I want to get a good roll on the new scout and see if it feels any better. I continue to think, that the sundial activity would be better received if all primaries could use anti-barrier, unstoppable, and overload, any primary you want, and then weekly rotate modifiers that make particular weapons better at doing unstoppable and anti-barrier. So one week you could say any any bow, any bow unstoppable stagger increases the amount of damage that enemy takes. Any anti-barrier that's broken with a sidearm, that enemy takes way more damage. You give us the freedom to use whatever we want, but then the modifiers are what's kind of changing up strategy, changing up loadouts. If you're wanting to be maximizing your efficiency, you're going to be changing you're going to be changing a lot of your your loadouts according to incentive, not need. One of the problems with this activity is it's match made. And if you get in a group of people and no one's running unstoppable or anti-barrier, it can be really, really irritating. And a way to help with that and a way to mitigate that would be to say all of the champion mods can work on all primaries. I would I would encourage Bungie to get to that point whether it's next season or eventually. If the if the if the champions are going to be in the game as a permanent thing, it's kind of a bummer to grind for a bunch of primaries in the sundial and not really be able to go back and turn around and use them in the sundial because of the champions. If one or two people aren't helping with anti-barrier and unstoppable, it's really annoying. I mean, I'm dead serious. I always look at my team and I'm like do not come in here and be the deadweight guy that won't turn that won't turn on a mod for the champions. It can be really, really frustrating 
when you get in a really really bad rhythm again remember you're grinding for drops and if you're going slower because somebody's just refusing to put on something with anti-barrier unstoppable that's kind of irritating but some of that i believe is on bungie i think they should loosen that up a bit and give us a little bit more of that freedom uh, to help especially helping the people that are using match made now i think hardcores are going to get god rolls pretty fast i think hardcore players are going to get god rolls particularly quicker in this than any other grind before i am slowly working my way through and getting god rolls at a pretty decent clip and we're only in the second week and this is where i believe some people are going to start to target and criticize generosity and i want to get ahead of them and tell them to politely shut the frick up okay so if you're going to start knocking this content and saying it's too generous it's too easy to get god rolls you need to literally shut your mouth i don't think that's helpful i don't think that attitude is good for games like this and i'm going to tell you why this is where generosity is starting to show how content can feel and how we need more content to be like that number one you have a pretty broad spectrum of stuff you have four obelisks multiple guns on every obelisk then you have the obelisk in the tower that hasn't even arrived yet so we're still not even done with all the obelisks unless you're you know unless you've really gone crazy i've got three maxed out there's a fourth one left the thing that i really want to drive home is that generosity is not the enemy of engagement it promotes engagement people are going to grind this they're going to love it they're going to love that near the end of the season or midway through the season it's very rewarding they're going to get more drops they're going to get more perks they're going to get you know more reasons to run back in there and chase and that's what you want generosity is not the enemy of engagement and the truth of the matter is we all eventually disengage with activities and content you're always going to get to a point where you disengage you get bored you get annoyed you get tired whatever it would be much more preferable to every season to have an activity that we know is going away have it be one where you disengage naturally and on your own because it's so rewarding that you've gotten god rolls and you feel good about the season and then you're ready for the next activity it would be much better to do that than to have the content be really stingy to frustrate people hardcores and casuals alike casuals even more so if it's stingy it hurts them the worst you don't want all those people walking away from the content because they feel like they can't get the weapons that they want especially in light of the fact that this content is going away at the end of the season i think bungie has nailed the generosity format with this content And I'm going to shut down anybody that tries to say that because I want Bungie to say, no, this is good content. The community is responding positively to it. Let's continue to have this generosity slope where the more you grind and level things up throughout the season, the more generous and the more rewarding the content becomes. So by the time you get to the end of the season, you felt like you really got something worth your time. You really felt like you got, you know, the amount of drops that you wanted. And now you're ready for the content to go away. If the content's stingy, it hurts everybody and it grates against the idea of the content going away so as always we're going to transition to Q&A next if you're here live you can participate in that if you're listening on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always go to say no to rage.com and join us here I'm probably live right now as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the new Sundial boss I also kind of talked about the mode itself if you're new uh, and you're here right now, you can click follow. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. Come on in. Join the conversation. It's usually a good time. Um, 
appreciate you guys submitting these questions. We're going to jump right in. Sorry, I was trying to read a message in chat and I was worried about somebody, but it's it's not as serious. The uh, cat is venting. Um, <laughs> she was rear-ended last night, called the police, and was told if no one was hurt, they probably w- uh, wouldn't show up. I, I don't understand. I thought they showed up to file the report, but anyway. T-Funk with the first question. Do you think bounties play too much of a role in the current state of Destiny? <coughs> Excuse me. I chase bounties more than I chase loot. Well, you know, I, I've, I've had people bring this up, and here's why I think the issue isn't that there's too many bounties or that they're, they play too big of a role. I believe that the bounties are not... They're not structured in a way that promotes natural gameplay. And the example I gave in my Q&A yesterday was when I had the bounty for Scorn, I just went into the blind well and I just engaged with the blind well. I didn't have to think about anything. There were other people there. That was fine. They weren't interfering with my progress. They were helping my progress. I think bounties need to focus more on bringing people together and promoting natural gameplay. And what I said was, there's two weekly bounties at every obelisk. I think every obelisk needs those two weeklies to fall into two categories. One should be, let's just say I go to the EDZ obelisk, all right? I grab those two weeklies. One of those weeklies is just to do things on the EDZ. So my buddy can come and play with me. We can do patrols, lost sectors, and public events. And the more we work together, the quicker it goes. The other weekly should be tied to the sundial. Go run the sundial and just get kills while you're in the sundial. Get Generate orbs, whatever. Real low-hanging basic things. I think what's happening is I think Bungie knew the content was going to be a little thin and they're trying to stretch it out. And every time they do that, I, I think it's some, not all the time, sometimes people grade against it. And I think what's happening is it's like, I got to get 125 critical kills against the Cabal with a bow. What the frick? And so you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll go where there's a bunch of Cabal. I have to kill how many captains? And then you go looking for captains. And people always push back and they're like, well, just play the game. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hold the phone. When I grab a bounty, the nature of the bounty is to draw my attention and to fixate on something and to achieve it. That's what it's supposed to do. That's why people try to find all the captains or try to find a great place with lots of Cabal or Hive or whatever because the bounty is telling you to. The bounty is saying, kill this particular enemy type or particular enemy X number of times and do it in this way. So, of course, you're going to go looking for them. I I don't think that that's that's weird or unnatural. I think Bungie just needs to make those bounties place you into lanes that are more natural with content flow instead of what we're doing now, which is, well, that's going to take forever. Let me just go to the Castellum on Leviathan and just kill lots of Cabal there. They should be similar to the Strike Crucible Gamut Weeklies. Do X number of activities, kill X number of thing. They should be, yeah, they should be way more simple and they should be shared. I shouldn't have to worry about a blueberry in the area or my fire team, you know, shooting enemies or something. I shouldn't have to be concerned about that. So if I was Bungie, I would say that the amount of bounties is fine. The, the requirement of the bounties is where things are going awry, in my opinion. Instead of just saying, hey come play destiny and achieve things it's hey come play destiny and you're better off playing by yourself and we're going to ask you to do a bunch of like really really narrow and very very specific things 
that's where I feel like they've kind of made that mistake. We 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 beat on this drum yesterday. We were saying bounties should not drive you to play solo, and bounties should not drive you to do things that are very very strange and unnatural. They should bring you together, and they should just flow with the content. So Bungie needs to do an entire quality pass on bounties. This happened in Shadowkeep too. I would go into nightmare hunts, and then I would have somebody being like, "Hey." I'm sorry I killed that guy or I'm I'm, you know I'm trying to get a melee kill or a finisher on something Um, it's just it's just one of those things where they're they're it's great that they did a big quantity update okay quantity sometimes comes before quality they put bounties freaking everywhere the lectern has bounties Eris has bounties you know Ikora did have bounties you know Shaxx and Zavala have bounties the gunsmith has bounties all the obelisks have bounties there are bounties everywhere that's a quantitative update that's quantity there's quantity everywhere they're everywhere well now it's time to come behind that quantity and do some quality tuning like tune it up just a little bit and the reason I've been talking about this is I believe this is going to hurt the content long term uh Fireproof with three months. Welcome back. Four months from MT. Thank you for those resubs. This is this is similar. This is similar to when I said that you know leveling and infusion were problematic in Forsaken. I think we're in a similar area where I'm I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but I do believe this is somewhat of a threat to the content's reception, especially if this happens every season. Dark Seraphim. What do you think about being able to level up mods for weapons and armor to help with the end game? Possibly after you masterwork your armor, you can then slot in mods that have also masterworked and have increased stats. I mean, I don't know about leveling up mods. I mean, that that gets kind of elaborate. I've said that you should be able to let maybe level up perks. So if you finally get your god roll hand cannon, you're not done yet. You got to use the gun um, to level it up. And when you're leveling it up you're getting a better version so right now imagine that the version that you have of feeding frenzy is 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 as good as it gets well what they should start doing is is you get it and feeding frenzy is tier one and it's good but it's not as good as it can be it's a little bit you know it's not it's not max speed yet and the more you use the gun the more you get feeding frenzy to level up into tier two tier three you can put that little yellow circle around the perk and have that feeling of satisfaction of like the gun is now done it's now complete you could also do something where every single perk as it levels up once it's completely done and you masterwork the gun that gun could be considered legend like it could get the title legend or adept and then that adds some extra random maybe not random there's some extra perk for that season that you're trying to get like increased damage in the sundial or something something marginal not that amazing but something to work for that makes the weapon seem like it's in a better it's a it's in a better league and then that would make weapons contextually you know slightly better or worth chasing within their own season so then you're like well, why do i want to chase any more weapons well they're they're relevant to their their season and their content uh km raise with three months thank you uh gamer dmv says do you believe that there's too much grind this season compared to last season with obelisk grinds, baking and stuff? I believe I'm overwhelmed with stuff. Where do I start? Thanks. This is not a complaint. Uh, th- this is not a valid complaint. Play with what play what is most important to you 
and if you don't have enough time then that's probably the best problem we could ask for uh there's no reason to complain about that just focus on what you want to do do you want to bake cookies do you want to get that so do you want to get that sparrow do you want to get god rolls from the sundial you know like just go for whatever you uh whatever you want you know leveling perks glad's recluse would be god tier well obviously you would hit a certain point where it would stop you would basically get perks at tier one that were not as good as as good as they are right now like outlaw and feeding frenzy now are at their max speed of influence right well you would get a tier one version that's not as good well why would i want to use any of the new gear any of the new guns if the if the perks are inferior when they first drop well that's why you'd have to have an incentive to level them up you have an incentive to level up the perks because it makes the gun uh you know unique to that season or more powerful within that season because it would turn it into an adept weapon uh teddy here do you think Bungie missed an opportunity to not only rotate bosses, but they could have rotated the activities each week in Sundial, and after the last boss, it could be randomly rotated of each events each run? Is that something you think could appear in later seasons? Well, I mean, it is a little bit different every run. It's a different combination of things. Like, sometimes I don't do the one where we throw the ball and get the Hammer of Dawn. Sometimes, you know, I don't get to do certain things, you know, certain ones you skip or whatever. Um, and that's fine. You skipped a question. Um... Did I? Oh, I did. I'm sorry. I skipped Dragonfly's question. So, no, I, I don't think they necessarily need to do that, Teddy. The, the, the content can't be too elaborate. Number one, it's seasonal. It's $10, and it's going to go away anyway. Dragonfly says, With the season's time uh, restraints, we hear about, Will Bungie eventually focus on really fixing things that are broken and uh, enjoying unenjoying in the game? now for example being killed while performing a finisher in gambit and losing moats while still having full health i don't play gambit so i don't i i i I swore i saw somebody bring this up yesterday and i didn't i didn't know how to respond to it um one of those things that i that they that they've done i think is they focus on giving us things to do and they've not focused super heavily on constantly going through and 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 doing quality passes like every week, but they did just fix a bunch of stuff. Unfortunately, they also added a bunch of things that are glitchy and bugged right now. Um, this this season in particular, I have to say this, and I think this is accurate. And I'm not trying to be a hater. I think this is the glitchiest time we have ever had in Destiny. In the history of the franchise, the game has never been this glitchy. Bungie was typically known for their content being right on the money, like almost no glitches, almost no problems. You know, you didn't have any of those traditional, like going, falling through the map or broken quest lines, you know, any, anything like that. We, we've rarely had to deal with this and we're dealing with it in a higher number than we ever have before. Unfortunately, I think what we've ended up with is as someone in chat saying they've kind of sacrificed on their QA testing a bit more than likely because of the pacing right so if they typically would get the content ready and done and then spend three weeks doing quality testing maybe now because of time constraints and scheduling and trying to make sure they give us as much as they can they're doing less quality testing um that that would be my my very very from the sidelines guess as to what's going on is they're they've got less time to to test 
because they're up against these deadlines. Every season is a deadline that's tough for them to hit, and so they're allowing for, more than likely, again, this is a theory, I think they're probably allowing for a smaller window for quality testing to ensure they give us the maximum amount of content. Because again, I've been playing this game for five years, and it's never been this bad. I'm getting weird instancing glitches, connection glitches, I can't interact with stuff. There's all kind of weird stuff going on that traditionally was not something that we ever really experienced in in Destiny. Teddy, do you think Bungie missed an opportunity to... Oh, I already answered that one. Uh, Surf says... Why do people care so much about range stat on hand cannons still? Is it for aim assist? Because after the range adjustment on hand cannons, it seems like max range and minimum range only changes damage drop off by about one step. Um, probably some aim assist there. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this field, so I just think it's natural to care about range on a gun like that. You also have to consider Bungie may come behind you in a couple of months and do an update that maybe helps out hand cannons a little bit and you're going to be glad that you were grinding for god rolls. It's not like they're going to they're going to just I don't I don't know. They're never going to make it to where max range is pointless, you know. So I this is why sometimes I grind for god rolls of weapons that aren't relevant right now because they could be relevant in the future snipers and scouts like every once in a while I'm pulling out scouts fusions and snipers that weren't really relevant in the past and now they're getting more relevancy and maybe some damage passes and I've got good versions so light leap is saying that range increases hitbox that's correct more range is more forgiving well there you go that it also helps with that super mg did you know that if you fail all three encounters in the sundial you go straight to the boss. I think it should be like the menagerie where you need to keep going until you complete the bar. I don't care about this. I'm not going to get this dramatic about this and and here's why. This is an this is an encounter that expires. So if you get stuck with a bad matchmate group and you're getting kind of frustrated, the silver lining is you just got to suffer through three encounters and you're going to go to the boss and get your rewards and get the frick out of there. The menagerie could be very very painful if you're with a really bad team because they just keep going you just keep going until you fill the bar so more than likely they did this because they want this to be a shorter and more rewarding experience than the menagerie because it is it is going you know to go away and there I again I think Bungie's goal is to make sure that the seasonal content is front heavy fast and rewarding so that everybody's kind of wanting to come back through you know and 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 re-up for the ten dollars every season so I get why you would say this but hardcore teams can't really complain we're going in there doing two encounters and then fighting the boss and that's it so anything more than that it's pretty it would be you know would be pretty rough uh the bro guys gaming did you learn for the sidearm yeah we heard about the crazy dps sidearm thing yesterday uh, Guido shot first. I feel that the different bosses that we have had and are coming, there's a lack of boss specific is oh is the lack of boss specific loot upsetting. This seems to have been a continuing issue. They don't take advantage of seasonal activities like they do in strikes and raids. Do you feel that Bungie missed out on an opportunity to provide some specific drops for each of the bosses when uh, it was simply curated rolls uh, for one of the time lost weapons? Oh, even if it was just a t- curated roll. Yeah, they could have done something with these um, with these scions, even if it was just a sword that was, you know, thematically like a cool arc sword from this guy. 
it'd be cool to take it back in and maybe it does increase damage to Cabal. And so, you know, you use it to then farm him. You use it to then grind the encounter and, you know, that's not a crazy, crazy game-breaking thing, but it'd be nice. Like, oh, this is a cool little arc sword. It kind of looks like the, kind of looks like the Scion Flare. It could have, like, even, like, a little decorative thing on it to make it clear that, it, you know, it came from him. And then... It could be Ark, because he's Ark, and do a little bit of extra damage to Cabal. And then you could grind for good rolls, like getting a surrounded one or something, and then putting the surrounded spec on it. Uh, I don't know if that would have been hard or taken up too much time, but I do think in the future, I want to continue to say to Bungie, if you're going to rotate bosses, then you're going to get a whole lot of capital out of giving those bosses loot that drops. Um, That's really exciting and really missing from the game. KM Rays. Do you agree that it's almost pointless to use exotics, primaries especially, since we can't use a mod on it? This is something we brought up last season. Um, more than likely, Bungie didn't have time to do a pass on this. They need to go to all of the previous primary exotics and give us the option of putting you know, champion mods on there. This is why I think the easiest thing for them to do would be just to say, there is an unstoppable there is an anti-barrier and there's an overload mod for all primaries and it just behaves differently on each primary you just set those rule or set those rules and then when they do that then they can go to all of the primary exotics and say they now all have a mod slot just for the champion mods and then you could slap you know overload into a Soros regime or something or unstoppable into the wish ender you know that this would give you that freedom and make it seem like it's worth using you know, get your huckleberry out with anti-barrier. Like, that's what I would do. I would start first by saying we need to make the, universalize them to make them all work on all primaries and then just open up a, a, a mod slot on all exotics. You don't got to go in and make individual rules for each gun. You just say all auto rifles can get unstoppable this way, anti-barrier this way, and overload this way. So if those mods are slapped in there, that's how it works. You do the same thing with bows, scouts, etc. They can all use all three. And then people are like, well, don't they want to funnel us to particular gun types every season? I think a better way of doing that would be to say every week the seasonal activity has modifiers that encourage you to try different things. So this week they could say anything that is anti-barrier that is has its shield broken with a sidearm is going to take increased damage. So you do, oh wow, I'm, I'm going to use a sidearm this week. We're going to see how it feels. And then next week it's like anything that is stunned unstoppable with a bow takes increased damage. Every week you'd be adjusting your loadout and trying out different weapons and guns based off of an incentive and a motivation that doesn't feel like a requirement right you don't have to run sidearms that week you could be like nah i'm just gonna stick with my huckleberry or i'm just gonna stick with my smg or my auto rifle for anti-barrier it just seems to work better and you don't have to do that the mod the modifier isn't forcing you right now they're forcing you to use stuff that you don't like i just for me it's like i'm gonna get really dadgum tired of using bows I'm really going to get tired of using bows. I got to do it for a whole season. I'm hoping that the scout's good because I want to start using the scout, but I can't use the new auto rifle. The the auto rifle this season from the sundial is awesome and it can only get overload and there's no overload guys in there. So, um, that's my feedback to Bungie. You gave us a great idea. You gave us a great thing. I think that the champion mods and the champions themselves are a really, really good level up for PvP engagement. I want to just slow everybody down right now, and I want you to remember 
how boring and mundane the combat's been for so many years, they really added new layers of challenge and things you've got to be paying attention to that were not there anymore. Don't be don't be sort of lulled to sleep by the champions. They do bring a really, really good presence to the game that creates opportunities for you to meet a challenge that isn't just a damage gate or a health gate or a delta. It's you can be intelligent, you can use your loadout to overcome that pain point. It's a great idea, but it really needs iterated upon because all that's happening now is people are going to... You don't want people throwing in the towel on the season and being like, dude, I don't want to use a pulse, a scout, or a, or a, or a bow. So then what are they going to do? Well, then they're going to go into the sundial and not use any modifiers and just annoy their teammates. There's a, there's a lot of value loss here, I think, with the way it's been implemented. A ton of the weapons you grind for in Sundial can't even use them. Exotics are still getting shelved for legendaries. And if people get annoyed by it, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to disengage with the content, or they're going to engage with the content, and they're going to they're gonna just go in without modifiers and be that annoying person that's not helping. So... That's my feedback to Bungie. I'm going to keep banging on that drum because I do feel like you're you're you've gotten a great idea that's now becoming I think it's I think it's now becoming a, a, a more of a pain point than a value point. There's always a balance between pain point and value point. If something has way too much pain, the value goes down. It's like this is too painful. We this needs to be more adjusted so the value can be felt and enjoyed and the pain is there to make it feel challenging. I feel like right now it's going to be it's going to as time goes on just feel really really just it's just a pain point more than a value point. Um yeah, people are in chat are saying, that's me, I annoy teammates. I think Lono just called me annoying. Right, if you're going into the sundial and you're not using any of the modifiers, I, I'm sorry, you're annoying. It's really annoying to go into that encounter and to have unstoppable guys just running around doing their thing and anti-barrier guys constantly getting their health back because half the team doesn't feel like being bothered with putting on modifiers. And you're annoying but I understand why you're doing it. It's really hard to scold somebody. Could you please change your entire loadout for this matchmate encounter, please? Could you completely overhaul your your guns and your your complementary mods on your armor so that we can we can engage with this content? Like, you know, if somebody's got their entire armor set set up, do they really want to go into the sundial and tweak all that? No, they're gonna be like, bah, let's just play. Somebody will take care of it. Yeah, the mentality of yeah, somebody else will do it. Executioner. A little off topic, but I would love to hear your take on this. With the new consoles coming out next year, do you think that they'll be grouped with current consoles, PC players, or be divided into their own console group like Destiny 1 was? Nine months from Breadline, but, uh, boy, says babies do. Thank you, dudes, for nine whole months of subs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how they'll do this. I don't know if speculating on this is even worthwhile. So I'm just going to kind of glide over your question. It doesn't matter. There's, We'll, we'll know when we know. Um, Excedrin. Sorry off topic. Do you think the reason Bungie hasn't added the season mod slot to Exotics 2 seasons uh, is because they don't know what kind of system that they want changing season to season? Do they feel it could be uh, that they think that Exotics don't need help uh, forcing into more choices with builds? There's literally no way for Bungie to look at the Sundial activity and say, no, exotics don't need help. 
Yes, they do. If they're a primary exotic, they do need help because they can't do the thing that the team needs to do. If you have three people running unstoppable and three people running anti-barrier, you're going to go through the content way faster. Trust me on this. If you got two people running modifiers and everybody else is like, but I like my exotic, I like this, you're going to go through the content slower and have more death, more wipes, and more irritation. Well, you can't really wipe, but you know what I'm saying. Um, they, They may be waiting for a handful of reasons. They did say in a couple of interviews during Gamescom that they're open to the fact that some mods could be dropped down into the main mod pool and be more permanent. I would say that they need to, I would even say during this season, try to do that. Try to take all anti-barrier overloaded unstoppable mods that you have loaded in the hopper and ready to go or the ones from last season, just throw those into the mod pool. Just put them into the mod pool. It Just do it. Um, I think that would be the, the, the way to go forward. If you're, oh, you're referring mostly to armor. Um... They're refusing to add the seasonal mod slot to exotics. Oh, do you feel like they think that exotics don't really need help? I mean, yeah, exotic armor is a much bigger subject because there's a lot of exotic armor that's completely and utterly pointless or gimmicky, like the ones that came out with this season, like dropping a bomb on the ground or getting an explosion from your finisher. Uh, You know, I don't necessarily know if exotics are ever really going to climb out of this weird category. This, like, well a lot of the exotics are literally worthless you know and then there's a handful that are worth running for certain builds um so sweet business with anti-barrier yeah right bombardiers is pretty good in pvp yeah i could see that you could have the same argument for other weapons you just like to use that don't get the mod if you're talking specifically about exotics captain i don't know if you're responding to me or somebody else exotics on guns should be able to get the seasonal mod because it's this is this is pretty basic they're exotics they shouldn't be outdone by legendaries that's according to Bungie's own logic in their one blog post from I think it was like sep- when was that September 29th that blog post I always refer to they said that legendaries were stronger than exotics and exotics were getting sidelined well a really a really really great way of keeping exotic primary sidelined is to not let them use mods that are practically necessary for the encounters uh arcanus do you think legend sundial would be worth doing if they added intentionality on the armor even letting you pick affinity i never considered that that's what they're going to do with legend is let you grind for armor because right now you're grinding for guns yeah yeah that's not bad you could get to the end of the sundial and pick from the five armor pieces and pick as many as you want. That could be what that could be the reason to run legend. I don't know if that's going to be strong enough for some people because they care more about the guns, but at the very least that'd be a very strong loot motivator to keep going in and grabbing armor. Datsmo was 6 months, that's a purple badge, thank you. Dr. Dirtle, with regards to experience for a season, would you rather have more experience come from completing an activity such as a sundial and not from bounties? Sorry if this is a little off topic. This is actually a really, really good question. Um, we talked about this a couple of Q&A sessions ago, and I said that it was kind of like in Faction Rally, where it was more efficient to run public events than a raid. You would get way more of the faction tokens from just grinding pubs, and the raid gave you, like, nothing. I happen to think that there should be 
XP delivery on completion of an event. Now, the only problem with this is <clears throat> you can raids especially can turn into people just farming the final boss for tons of XP, and that could be, you know, somewhat problematic for pacing. So, I would say maybe something you do with raids is you could you could do a if you run the entire raid, there's an XP multiplier that goes up every encounter and it resets it resets when you um when you beat the final boss so if you were just farming the final boss you would get good xp but you wouldn't get like you wouldn't get the the buff like the the buff or the bump people already do that with moon bounties though right but what i'm saying is is that if you run the raid you should get xp that is just pretty good it, you know it should really really help your you know it should help your your seasonal rank and your artifact. It activities should have good XP associated with them. I think one of the reasons Bungie has stayed away from that is because repeatable bounties on the moon at least cost glimmer, right? What Chevy did was abnormal, and he eventually ran out of glimmer and then had to stop when he when he man when he went crazy on the moon and you know Chevy went crazy. That sounds kind of funny when he went hard for it and we got all the way to ninety two. Right, like that's somewhat abnormal, and he did run out of glimmer. So I would say, if I'm running a, a raid, you know, you need to give me something um, instead of just you know, oh, you, you what seven essence for one raid, eighteen from a strike. Yeah, that's that doesn't even make any sense. Jay Quarterman, uh, do you think using one shot mechanics like Peregrines in the Sundial is acceptable in place of champion mods? Well. I I don't really understand your question. If if there are champions in there and you're you're doing a one shot mechanic like you're doing a one shot with peregrines and you're like you're like oh I'm helping. I mean if your build is equipped in a way where you're taking out the champions and you don't need to do stuns, then fine, go for it. My I'm thinking from a game design standpoint. From a game design standpoint, you have people going into a match-made environment who might not be as thoughtful as you. Who very likely, they're not going to be as thoughtful as you. They're just playing to have fun, right? How many people, in their own sort of innocence, I'm not saying that like being ignorant and not looking at menus is, is absolves people from, you know, like, read the freaking screen, but they might just get home on a Friday night and be like, dude... The Sundial activity is so fun. I'm trying to get some god rolls. And they just throw themselves into matchmaking. And they don't look at the menus. They don't look at anything. And they're just in there annoying everybody by not using any of the champion modifiers. Gale. Which new or rework weapons uh, would you consider to grind for for god rolls top five? And what roles are you looking for? Uh, I'm just I'm skipping that. That's not the kind of questions I like to answer in here. Executioner. I really love Saint-14 missions, especially the first where we were able to interact a little bit more with him. Do you think Bungie can springboard off this idea more? Would it be awesome to have some more iterations of that for the Sundial boss phase or even with some of our other favorite NPC guardians for future content? Oh, like they're there with you. I mean, you could, you could, yeah. I mean, you could do stuff like that. I don't think this, that's a giant need, though. Like, just running the content loop, I think, is we don't need. I think everybody that's asking for more story or cooler story stuff or more cutscenes, just you, you're asking for something you're probably not going to get. That's just not going to happen in this kind of content. 
servo actuator i used to run all three characters but having to replay missions and quests just got uh, annoying you think bungie uh would ever make those missions count account wide instead of character specific they've done that haven't they isn't this season one that they're praising for this very particular reason that you don't have to do everything on every character? You Obviously, you want your weeklies and your dailies uh, to be character specific so that you can get the most, but pretty much everything we did this season was account-wide. The obelisks are account-wide. The story missions were account-wide. Um, I think they've actually done this. MW2 Killer. Why does the Telesto tend to always glitch, uh, have a glitch attached to it? Do you think Bungie will take it out of the game because it causes so many problems? I don't think they're going to take it out of the game. Um, I don't know why it causes problems. It does damage in a unique way, more than likely, is why. 101 Ghost. Do you think it'd be okay with the current bounties if you gain progress on on them from fire team members as well seems like an easy fix yeah i mean we've been saying this all morning we were saying it all day yesterday bounties should just you should be able to complete them as a fire team like we've been saying that we've been saying like almost this exact thing all morning and all yesterday i'm surprised you you submitted that gale play now that there are tons of bounties do you think bungie should make bounties 2.0 with better ui Maybe like Warframe style. I don't know what Warframes looks like. I think the bounties are fine from a UI standpoint. I think from a design standpoint, from a design standpoint, they should do what we just talked about. They should bring people together so they're not solo going through everything solo, and they playing with other people shouldn't hurt your progress. Like that at a ground level, that's more important than the UI. Gandalf, do you think that people are complaining because now almost two weeks we can't? as normal players blitz content and be done I think Bungie made the grind long intentionally so the whole season has value well the second part of your question is sort of a gimme I mean just look at the calendar and that's that's a yes of course they they are trying to draw things out now as far as are people complaining because they can't blitz the content and be done there's a variety of complaints right now there are people that want all the story missions right away they're not necessarily wanting to grind and be done and there are people that don't like the design of the bounties I made sure multiple times yesterday, and generally it seemed like chat was agreeing with me, not all everybody, but the people that saw things from my perspective, I said multiple times yesterday, I am not trying to level up my obelisk in one week. Like, like it's nothing. Like, oh, yep, that one's done, that one's done, that one's done. It's not about the time that I put in. It took me two hours to do the eight weeklies on one character. I got a little bit faster at it the second time we learned some lessons, but let's just take it at two hours for eight weeklies. It wasn't the time. I didn't care that it took two hours. I'm not sitting here with a stopwatch, like, getting angry that it's taking up time. It was the experience. That's the problem. It was the experience. It was like I was having to play by myself, go into very particular areas. And so players aren't complaining because they can't blitz the content and be done with it. Players are kind of like, man, this isn't that enjoyable. I'm better off playing by myself. If I play with people, they interfere, you know, and... I'm not, I don't have a problem with there being a front heavy leg lifting at the beginning. You really, really got to do the heavy lifting in the beginning and get your obelisks leveled up, get your season pass leveled up. And then you get, uh, and then you get a bunch of benefits from that. I don't have a problem with that at all. I also don't have a problem with it taking a while. It's okay for a weekly to take a while. I'm not saying it should be done quickly, but it's the nature of it. It's well, the best way for me to get this done is to play by myself and to go to the Castellum, or to go into this lost sector. It should bring people together and promote just natural gameplay. Just going into the Sundial, or doing things around the EDZ, and 
both of those are, are, are better with a, with a fire team. And no, I disagree with what Wishwash is saying. It's a weekly bounty, but we're trying to make it a daily bounty. No, nobody's arguing for that. I certainly just made sure and stressed three different times in three different ways that that is not what I'm asking for. I am not asking for a weekly bounty to be easy like a daily. I'm saying it can take the same amount of time, but by its nature, it shouldn't drive me to play by myself. They are, at their core, but the the nature of these bounties is to drive you away from other players. That's the issue that a lot of us are taking with it. People aren't like, oh, how dare a weekly bounty, you know, take longer than 10 minutes. Nobody is saying that. What we're saying is the nature of the bounties is to drive people apart. And I think that's that's the primary flaw with how they've been structured. Uh, Mike Quad, do you think that the artifact leveling system is an issue? After hearing what Tassie said on Fireteam Chat, I'm starting to think he's right. I didn't hear what he said on Fireteam Chat, so I don't have an issue with the artifact leveling. Artifact leveling is basically a perfect, you know, the, the, the artifact and the season pass are a great married couple. They come together, right? Um... Wow, I did not mean to do a double entendre there. They, uh, they, they, they are they are working very, very well together. the The season pass and the artifact work great together. You just play, right? You just play, and you're getting power bonuses on your artifact. You're getting mods on your artifact, and you're getting cool stuff on the season pass. I think the lion's share of the community is looking at the season pass and the artifact and saying. Good job, Bungie. This is great. They're applauding it. They're celebrating it. I think hardcore players like Paul Tassie, love him, friend of mine, but I think we can get a little bit jaded and we're like, oh, this is a problem. This isn't good. This is bad. I didn't hear what he said, so I can't interact with what Paul said. I think majority of the Destiny player base probably really, really likes the fact that for 10 bucks they can come in and have daily weekly ritual that feeds them power bump, seasonal stuff's just dropping from the past and then they got mods on the artifact they can experiment with every time so I don't see any issue with the leveling if anything I wish that the player base numbers weren't glitched uh, Destiny Tracker's not giving me you know um, player base numbers like it used to so I can't see how many people are playing each day it just shows me how many people are presently playing on PC um, I'm not sure why they suddenly are struggling to track that. Is is there another site I can use, guys, to track um, player stats? I feel like the player base numbers have been really, really good. I mean, the fact that on PC right now, there's 95,000 people right now just on PC. Um, and usually when you have a, close to 100,000 people a day on PC, you're averaging 1 million in PvE and 1 million in PvP. Like your averages are really healthy when you see that many people playing on PC. So I think that the seasonal content's a hit. So, if you're one of the people in the community that's like, I want way more story, I want way more leveling, I want way more this, way more that, you're just going to have to adjust your expectations. You know? Where are you pulling that, T-Funk? Is that Charlemagne? 1.37 million PvE, 1.27 million Crucible, 521,000 Gambit, 232,000 Raids. Uh, yeah, that's from Charlemagne. Yeah, so they had 1.3 million PvE, 1.2 million Crucible. That is really dadgum healthy. That's really, really healthy. 
that's up from the week before that's up from the week before the season started when the season started crucible was down to about 900,000 and pve was down to about 980 barely touching a million a day so th- it's gone up like the player base numbers have have gone up you're reading that wrong oh overall was 1.37 million i'm sorry the crucible is 1.27 million well where's the pve number though oh 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 that can't be right no that can't be right 1.27 million for pve and 521k for pvp that cannot be correct it's never been that sharp of of a divide something's not tracking something's not tracking because pve and crucible have been neck and neck for weeks and pvp just dropped in half really that's unfortunate if that's accurate that's really unfortunate and kind of worrisome for the pvp crowd that's really really scary pve is as healthy as it's as, as it's ever been it went up sorry i misread the stats PVE is 1.27 million. That's up. Right before the content dropped, PVE was at like 980. So we went up back to over a million a day in PVE. PVP dropped significantly. Um, That's unfortunate. I I feel bad for the PVP crowd to literally have the daily audience cut in half like that. That's rough. Um, So it... my point is still on is still on the money because PvP doesn't really have anything to do with this. The daily engaged player base was still like almost one and a half million. Artifact leveling is doing just fine. Um, artifact leveling is doing just fine. So, uh, if the numbers were down across the entire game, you could say people don't like artifact leveling. Whenever we watch the numbers after Black Armory, after Drifter, and after Opulence, there was always a pretty quick drop-off to, 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 to significantly lower numbers than that, and I really, really attributed a lot of that to to the leveling. Um, there's no way PvP dropped that much, especially when seeing Crafty and Wish You Luck playing as much as they are, and the hype with the positive possibility of Trials. I don't know, Skolas. They didn't do anything for PvP, and if people are getting annoyed with Arbalist, and they get their ritual weapons, and then they tag out, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens when Iron Banner launches. I think that's next week. Um, Jodicus uh, says, The seasonal artifact is such a great idea. However, I feel like the variety of mods is lacking. There's no real incentive to try them out. Uh, would we be better off with a handful of tailored mods that are all unlocked with the addition of passive perks? I don't think passive perks are a good idea. We've had people suggest, suggest this idea before. I don't think passive perks are a good idea, but what I do think is a good idea is something that you're hitting at. I would get rid of the entire lane that's like glimmer mods, and I would do mods in there that are really, really specific. Solar melee, void grenade, and, you know, arc super. And they all do something different, and then you're you're adjusting your loadout accordingly. Now, if they go that route, they need to make it a whole lot easier to reset the artifact. It shouldn't get exponentially more expensive every freaking time. That's got to be one of the worst. The artifact is great. That decision's terrible. Get it out of the game. If you want to charge me 5,000 or 10,000 glimmer every time, that's fine, but it shouldn't go up every time. And especially if they went, went this route. I would, I would, I would go to more tailored mods of like, okay, I'm going to run Skullfort Ballistic Slam and there's this mod that gives me increased um, 
I don't know, increased ballistic slam area of effect or something. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's really, really specific. And you're like, well, why would you want people running that all season? You don't have to. You know, there could be another one. There could be another one. You could do, honestly, there's a lot of mods on there they could remove. They could do three for every 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 class. There could literally be nine mods in there. There could be, hey, this season you might want to try out Ballistic Slam. Oh, this season you might want to try throwing the hammer. Uh, this season you might want to try uh, Detonator, you know, the Detonator's build on the Void. And those would be the three for the Titan. And those mods would be very, very specific. Again, th- that that might just have to come with time, though. We have to remember that Bungie rolled out so much in Shadowkeep. Okay, <laughs> I think sometimes we forget. It's like when you really, really get used to a big television in your living room. You know, you, you, you. It's hard to remember what it was like. Or a better example would be: it's really hard to remember what it was like without a cell phone. You're like, what? Okay, let's just get an Uber. Let's just get an Uber. Imagine a couple of years ago not being able to do that. <laughs> like, let's just get an Uber wasn't a sentence. You know, four years ago. So you get used to it, though. And we get used to Armor 2.0. We get used to the artifact. We get used to all this customization and the, the the low level transmog in the game. And we get lulled into thinking that like, oh, those aren't quality points anymore. Those are expectations. I think this happens in gaming. I think a quality point hits and is celebrated and then it slowly like filters down into your brain and is now no longer celebrated and appreciated as a quality point. It's now an expectation. So cell phone comes into your life. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can text my friends. I can make phone calls. I can check email. I've got GPS. I can call an Uber. This is great. This is so awesome. A year goes by. I don't have my cell phone. Are you freaking kidding me? I don't have service. What the frick is this? You got to be kidding me. I can't believe we don't have service here. Are you? It, It sinks down into your brain as an expectation. And when that expectation is frustrated, you're like, what? And so now I think we've we're forgetting how much was added in such a short amount of time, just in the last couple of months, beginning with Shadowkeep, how much quality they've added to the game that you're now no longer seeing as quality. You're like, oh, it's just an expectation. So when I just outlined that big, long idea about the artifact and all those mods that could make you try out different melees, different supers, different grenades, it's so easy for me to spit that idea out in a matter of seconds. Bungie did so many knob turns and so many additions to the game. What I just outlined is something that we wouldn't likely see for another year. Another year before they could iterate on the artifact like that. Because everything that the artifact's going to bring in spring and summer season is likely already being tested and getting ready to be loaded into the hopper. So there's no way they could go like, oh, well, did you hear what Say No to Rage said? That's actually a pretty good idea. We're seeing incredibly low use of the Glimmer mods anyway. if even if they were to agree with me at every jot and tittle, it's going to take them a while to even design it and then test it and then ship it and implement it. Like it's just going to take time and the artifact and what the artifact brings. That's why when I try to talk about this, I try to be nuanced. I try to say, I love what the artifact brings to the game. Champions and champion mods are such a good addition. Thank you for doing that. Bungie, you're bringing depth. You're bringing customization. You're bringing differences to the encounters, but some of this stuff ain't, you know, ain't where it needs to be just yet. We see where it could go or where we think it needs to go and it needs to go further. So I'm trying to be careful when I criticize things like the artifact or the champions or the champion mods, because I think they're a big step up for the game. 
but I also think they've got they've got some things in there that, that feel like they're flawed and I would like to see those things improved you know as quick as as quick as is reasonable uh, executioner with strike specific loot do you think that they should have an item for each type of guardian for what specific strike the time instead of just singling out one guardian type example scion cloaks in d1 was just for hunters if I remember right there was no class or armor items for titans or warlocks for that strike no there there was not uh, they could even because you got the grass skirt for um, undying mind if you you know when you got the uh, the imago loot they can even make the perks different Here's the challenge with what you're saying. I think they're moving away from that type of grind and we if we keep asking for that, we're likely to just never really see it. I don't think Bungie's going to go into very very specific loot farms. Like right now, anybody can run Sundial. It doesn't matter if you're a hunter, a titan or a warlock. If only hunters got love during sundial because of the scions there's a ton of people who have only a warlock or only a titan that would feel like what the frick what about me (laughs) what about me that's the danger they're offering content that's meant to be seasonally enjoyed by all and you can't get narrow like that um and saying people want specific loot though well sure the people on reddit and the forums and twitter and twitch but they don't represent the majority of the player base those are people that have every dadgum thing in the game and just want a little extra thing to grind for I think you get way more capital out of broad broad content broad reward if you're like here's $10 content awesome what's the new activity oh it's called sundial neat there's rotating bosses oh that's cool did the bosses drop anything yeah only for hunters though what you see what I'm saying like that doesn't land as seasonal content now if you want to do something like that in in big DLC drops where you deliver three different strikes and each strike has something for each class maybe you could do something like that but I, I, again, I would just be concerned. I would just be concerned with the idea that, you know, th- this content's not meant, you're going deep and this content's not meant to be deep. You know, it would maybe incentivize them to create a hunter. I, I don't know. I feel like you guys are going just a, sh- just a, 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 I don't know, a couple levels too deep for what the seasonal content is supposed to bring. That feels a little bit too deep to me. That also feels like that came at a time when there was, there wasn't as much to do in Destiny 1 quantitatively. There was less to do. So they tried to fill the, the existing categories with something. The existing lanes with something. I feel like quantitatively, we have way more to do in Destiny 2 than we ever had in Destiny 1. Like Destiny 2 is just absolutely swallowing D1 now. The size of Destiny 2, the amount of content, the amount of activities, the amount of loot, it just dwarfs Destiny 1 at this point. It's not even a contest. So I think it's difficult when your game is that large to start going in and saying, well, this particular activity or this particular boss is going to drop a mark for a class that gets I think that gets tough because somebody's got to make that somebody's got to test it it's got to look right it's got to take shaders right they got to do all that for one item and one class like you see what I'm saying if you're gonna if right now if Bungie's gonna dedicate bandwidth to developing something they're likely gonna want to have it be like very elastic so lots of people can enjoy it which is why the menagerie non-fail match made system is so smart they design a piece of content that 
any Tom, Dick, or Harry, or Susie, or Sally can enjoy and play, regardless of skill level, awareness, or loadout. Anybody can just run in and, and, and run around and do the looties and shooties and get guns at the end. They're getting more capital out of it that way. That's why raids aren't... I don't think raids are a huge need on a seasonal basis. I don't I don't think they're needed on a seasonal basis because what's needed on a seasonal basis is daily weekly ritual for the majority and the daily weekly ritual of raids is actually a weekly ritual of three for most if you look at the amount of people that raid in a given week when a raid is new right when a raid is new and you look at the amount of people that raid in a given week and you're like oh it's like 10% of the community okay now out of that percentage how many people only run it three times because they're not trying to Sherpa they're not trying to help their buds and their bros they're just trying to get their three drops well subtract them from the pool you have an incredibly small small amount of people who run raids more than three times a week so season pass was for hardcore now it's for the casual I don't agree with that no I think that's a bad take I think that's a bad take I think what we've been doing, uh, leveling up the obelisks, going for god rolls, getting multiple drops, trying to beat the sundial as fast as possible, none of that is for casuals. None of what we have been doing is a casual playstyle at all. At all. It's be- it's beautiful spectrum. The spectrum of this content is so dadgum smart. They've really hit a home run here. The casuals and the hardcores are all engaging at their level of engagement and if you're like well I'm bored or I don't like it or whatever well that's not subjective to your level of play right that's your preference more than anything if you're gonna say that this content's not built for hardcores I don't I don't think that that's true the perks in the past for the sundial are for hardcores yeah I think that this content is built for they they it really is built for a broad spectrum of player. I, I do. I believe that. I think it's a bad take to act like this is just for casuals. Truth be told, truth be told, I will admit this. The last annual pass and Forsaken was way more targeted at the hardcore audience, and I think it was to their detriment. They overpivoted. It's like when your car's spinning out. Bungie overcorrected. D2 year one was way too casual. And they overcorrected. Oh, car's spinning out. And they overcorrected and they focused way too hard on the hardcore player. The leveling every season was annoying. Infusion cost was annoying. Content was dropping and it was too hard or too high level out of the gate to even run. The Delta of Last Wish. The day one launch of the Forges. The way they did the, the Niobe Labs thing. Uh, Reckoning. Gambit Prime. All of it. It was They overcorrected. It was way too targeted at the hardcores. That is why Menagerie was so celebrated. Menagerie was celebrated because it landed on everybody. It wasn't failable. It was match made. Everybody could do it and grind and get rewards. And the hardcores could run it faster and get more stuff. And and it was super rewarding because you could go back and forth and do the glitch and get lots of drops. So like... That's one of the reasons Menagerie was so celebrated is because Bungie just overcorrected. And I think this is the first time with Shadowkeep, Season of the Undying, and Season of Dawn, I've really felt like Bungie's nailing this. They're really nailing this. Like, this is good for everybody. And that's why I've put my finger on a couple of things that are standing out. The theme is, this is great for everybody. The weekly bounties, 
not so much. The weekly bounties are kind of landing with a dud. Like a, they're like they're 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 siloing players off. They're way too arduous. They're way too specific, and they're, they're landing poorly. They seem out of step with the the spectrum of the content right now. So, I I I probably sound like a fanboy, but I really do think they have come so far since Black Armory and Reckoning. Like this. And in, in short order, think about that. That was like ten months, eight months ago when all that happened. When the game was in bed, like when the game was like trying to climb out of a pit, and it slipped right back down in it with with uh, Season of the Drifter. And I believe that they've done a very, very good job with, especially this season. A lot of people were curious. They're like, "Is this going to be good? Is this going to be good?" Everyone kind of had question marks. And the general consensus that I have seen in the comments on YouTube and Twitter and Reddit and this chat is that this is way better than I expected. Oh man, this is this is so much better than I expected. And the reason that's really, really encouraging is because all those people saying that represent the hardcore players. I think the casuals are probably super happy with this content because it's just like it's just, you just level up the artifact, level up the season pass, matchmake into the sundial, you just get stuff at the end, you just get guns, you know? It's like... I, I think this season, I think Bungie placed bets with that with that stream. They placed bets. They're like, let's not say hardly anything. And they, the, the, the river card flipped and they won. Like, <laughs> they, they won. Because we were all like, what the frick was that stream? They didn't say anything. They didn't show anything. And, and then we kind of calmed down and we were like, you know, they're probably not wanting to overhype this. They're going to want to undersell and over-deliver. And I think that they did. Omaha17 with a brand new Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes and enjoy ad-free viewing on my channel. I miss all the hard difficulties, though. I miss Niobe. I miss Last Wish Day 1. I miss Day 1 Forges. I want that. Well, and here's the thing. They gave you that last season. This season, we're not quite sure what Legend's going to do, but last season, they gave you that. You cannot ignore 980 Nightmare Hunts, 980 Nightfalls. You can't ignore 980 Nightmare Hunts for time trials. You can't ignore Garden of Salvation. It was a solid raid. You can't ignore the dungeon. Those were all things that were tough. And and some of them retained their toughness. We all get good at Garden and the dungeon, and we can do it with our eyes closed. That's true. But the 980 Nightfalls and the 980 Nightmare Hunts, they retained their toughness. They weren't easy. Dungeon was dungeon wasn't tough, but dungeon was a challenge the first day. You know, dungeons and raids always do that though. They, they always get easier with time. To be fair, that was Shadowkeep, not this season, right? And that's why I'm saying, like, this is a ten dollars season. You're not going to get as much of that difficulty depth. You're going to get a little bit less. So we got to wait and see what legend is there. But you also have to consider. Bungie's trying to satisfy a broad spectrum. You're at the very tippity top of the spectrum. You don't just want a hardcore grind. You want really tough content. You're at the tippity top of the spectrum. So when Bungie casts this wide net and says, okay, we got casuals, we got moderate, we got hardcore, and then we got the really hardcore. Okay? So it's it's one of those things where I think that when they're trying to cast that wide net, they are going to miss people, right? They are going to miss people on the outer edges that are really, really wanting to get their teeth kicked in and they're really wanting to grind uh, really, really hard. Did you finish reading that comment? I mean, I, I read most of it. Um, 
it could not take that much bandwidth to just add contest modifier to the same in the same fashion they brought all the old D1 raids for with ROI. Just keep that option for the hardcores. Well, I mean, we've said that hundreds of times. We've said contest modifier is a great idea, and they can get a lot of life out of those old raids. They could rotate the raids. They could next season they could feature Leviathan. Random rolls on all the guns. Contest modifiers active. You know. Maybe add some ornaments for the armor. I don't know. They could certainly do that. I would never be opposed to that. We've been saying that for a while. Datto's been saying that for a while. Like, why not add contest modifier with a loot incentive so I can go into a raid and feel that day one toughness all over again? I don't know if I agree that it wouldn't take that much bandwidth to do that because contest modifier is new and to retroactively add that to Leviathan could cause issues. Damage thresholds, health thresholds on on the dogs, um, health thresholds on Callus, the way that the Delta is going to interact with st- um, stacks of Force of Will. All those things would have to be tested. So I don't necessarily know if I agree with the assertion that they, that's probably easy or not that much bandwidth. Now, maybe I've been unfair in this, and I've done that too. I'm like, oh, come on, Bungie, just turn on Contest Modifier. They'd probably have to test. Like, what's that going to do? What, what's that going to do to the bathers, right? Like, what, what's it going to do to the lanterns and how much damage they take? Because they're an object and they're not an enemy. So, um, I, I, think, I think that's the path forward for seasonal raid content, though. Is kind of that Age of Triumph idea of you're rotating it. Maybe there's a challenge. Maybe there's a loot incentive. Maybe there's something. I would say next season, we're going to see one of two things. Number one, I don't think it's likely we're going to see a new raid, a full new raid, okay? I also don't think we're going to get a raid layer. I think the most likely thing we're going to get is something within Garden. They'll change encounters. They'll do something. They'll update the loot pool because the loot pool does seem lopsided. Or, Or they'll do something with Leviathan. I, I would I would put more money on that on the table like they could do something with pre-existing stuff a little bit easier than oh we got a brand new raid oh we got a brand new raid layer I think a brand new raid or a brand new laid mayor raid layer are the least likely uh, to, to happen I think a lot of us miss the inter uh, interpretation of a season is from calling season of the drifter and opulence an annual pass and using similar verbiage for season of dawn and season of the undying since true annual pass releases were closer to DLC drops. No, I don't think that's accurate at all. Nope. You gotta really, really do a comparison here. I really, really compare Season of the Drifter to Season of Dawn. I, we've got more. What are you talking about? Like, Season of the Drifter, you got Gambit Prime, which was a new game mode with new rules, but it was one new, one new map. And then you got The Reckoning. No way. The four obelisks and the sundial are way more substantive and, be- and this is subjective, but they're more, they're arguably better uh, than Drifter. Drifter was weak. Drifter was very, very weak. And I know, I, I do think Black Armory may be over-delivered. Black Armory had like trickled out forges it had a great loot system. Ada's loot system was awesome. We've been praising it, and thankfully, Bungie, listen, we've been getting the frame grind system ever since Ada showed up, and that's awesome. And we also got Scourge of the Past, and we also got Naomi Labs. Like, it's kind of unfair. I mean, Black Armory, they had help, and then Opulence, they had help. 
Um, I think Drifter was all Bungie, which is probably why it was weaker and thinner. I, I tend to agree more and more with Eugene that we really underpaid for the annual pass. We got way more than what we than what we paid for. Drifter was super weak, but man, oh man, Black Armory delivered a lot of stuff. And I think that, you know, Drifter is a good comparison, though, to, I think, this season. I think this season, if you compare it to Season of the Drifter, this season's pretty substantive. I was mainly talking about people wanting a raid. I do think that the quality and quantity is better this season. Uh, we'll take this season over Drifter any day. Wasn't really talking about the day-to-day, mainly the one-time raid drop. And this is where I think people... I think it's always dangerous when it's like, oh, should we accept excuses from a developer? But I do think it's sometimes we have to say, we got to accept reality. You know, Vicarious Visions built Crown of Sorrow, and... I don't know who built Scourge, but Bungie had other people helping. High Moon Studios was helping. Who knows what VV was doing at that time? When you have other companies building for you, you know, we can't always look back on them and be like, well, why can't you, Bungie? It's pretty easy. It's pretty obvious, you know? Like, go to a restaurant that has four four chefs and ten wait staff, and then they cut that in half, and they go down to two, two chefs and five wait staff. It's 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 kind of it's kind of silly to be like I don't understand why it's taking longer to get food. What do you mean you don't understand why it's taking longer to get food? They had to cut their staff in half. Like they lost they lost development bandwidth. And I don't like making excuses, but I try to tell people. I said, listen, Bungie's on their own now. If you're expecting a raid every season, we had streamers saying that they thought we were going to get raids every season. I'm like, what planet are you on? What what planet are you on? What how? Even when they had help, the raids we got were small. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, they, Luke Smith's like, we barely kept up with that bandwidth. And they had help. And they had help. I, I, I don't know why anybody was starting that 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 train of expectations. I, I think that was a mistake for streamers to even hint or set those expectations that we're going to get a raid uh, every season. I'm like, I, that, that is, that's. That's contrary to everything we know about Bungie's developmental bandwidth during during the the annual pass uh, delivery. We got really sidetracked there. Next question, uh, D uh, Dildozer says, "Do <laughs> nice name. Do you think that making classic mix the only connection based playlist was a mistake? It seems like it's pretty sweaty, even though it's still uh, even though there's no skill based matchmaking. Well, because all the sweats are running away." from skill-based matchmaking right this is this is one of the okay so there's like a laundry list of problems when you don't have ranked and unranked okay if you don't have ranked and unranked and you try to do this stupid hated skill-based matchmaking it's it's hated at this point it's it's loved and celebrated by people who don't understand how it works and they don't understand what it's like to like be on the bad end of it so they're celebrating it almost in ignorance okay I don't mean that to be mean, but if you celebrate skill-based matchmaking, you don't understand the history of PvP ranked and unranked, and you don't understand what it's like to be on the bad end of it, okay? I I know people want to log in and have fun. I did that with my brother when we played Fortnite over the Thanksgiving break. I was playing on a Smurf account, and we had fun, but as soon as we won a couple games and got a couple second places, the fun evaporated very quickly, and that was very low-level skill expression. We were just playing Fortnite and we quickly were met with the pains of skill-based matchmaking, okay? There's a laundry list of problems with skill-based matchmaking. This is one of them. This is an outlier. This is the collateral damage of skill-based matchmaking, okay? 
Bungie does not have over 2,600 employees. That's false. Um, they're closer to the six to 800 range or somewhere in there. That is not accurate at all. They do not have 2,600 employees. Um, so if you put skill-based matchmaking here and everyone knows that it's not over here, then everyone that's really, really good and sweaty is just going to leave over here when they're done with it or bored with it and they're going to come over here. Well, wouldn't they do that with ranked and unranked? Not necessarily. Ranked and unranked, if you're ranked and there's a reason to stay in ranked and grind it out, you're going to kind of go there and it's going to create like an equilibrium. It creates an equilibrium. You're like, oh, let's grind out some ranked. Let's let our hair down. Let's go bust up some pubs, right? You're going to go between ranked and unranked. What's happening right now is there's no reason. There is no reason to stay in the skill-based environment. So they all just flood over to the connection-based environment. If you had a really, really good ranked and unranked playlist system, and you had really strong seasonal long burn grinds to stay in the ranked playlist, equilibrium just kind of happens. Because you're just naturally going to have enough of the sweats that stay over in the ranked area. And yes, they would come over to pubs and they'd come over to unranked. And yeah, periodically you'd matchmake and you'd be like, oh my gosh, it's gigs and a full team. This is going to suck, right? That's going to happen. But it wouldn't be as common. What's happening now is the stacked sweats are like, there's no reason to even stay over here. And they just come over to the connection-based environment. Devil's advocate. But what about bad players wanting to play and get stopped. They don't have a good time without skill-based matchmaking. I believe that is totally false and untrue. I don't think that that's true. Number one, you can't protect them for forever. Eventually, they're going to run into somebody that's better than them. If you are a literal trash can, the odds are against you, okay? There's lots of people in that meaty center, those average 1KD players. There are tons of them and what i think ends up happening is people play against someone that's decent and good and they're horrible and their conclusion is that that's not fair and so what they cry for is they cry for skill-based matchmaking the truth is it should be flipped around and the bottom 10 percent should have to deal with the bad connections and the long matchmaking times and sequester them and protect them and just leave everybody else alone right This idea that if you're a trash player, you need protected and everybody else has to deal with skill-based matchmaking. I'm not even a high-skill player and I got sick to death of skill-based. I could tell it was on. I would play one or two games, man, put up some good stats, and then I'd hit the wall. It would take longer to get into games, connections weren't that great, and I was clearly playing against players that were stacked and going for it and it was just like every game was neck and neck every game was close and every time we have this argument i hear the same tired played out predictable straw man argument oh you just want to stomp people nope never said that none of the high skill players have ever said that you say that because you don't have a good argument that's why people say that oh you just want to stomp you just want to stomp noobs nope nobody says that except for the ignorant people that don't understand the conversation nobody says that not a single high skilled player is like i want skill-based matchmaking to go away so i can stomp noobs all day They've, they've they've never said that they didn't get to where they are by stomping noobs all day by the way like they didn't Everybody enjoys a good stomp, but that's not why they're arguing against skill-based matchmaking. 
The argument of skill-based matchmaking always falls into the same two camps. There's the people that are good at the game, that are sick of being sequestered to a small island of slow matchmaking times, and sweat game after sweat game after sweat game. There's them. They're on the end of like, this is not enjoyable. And then there's the other side of the people that are like, they create phantoms of, well, nobody's gonna have fun if you don't have skill-based matchmaking. How was an entire industry of PvP born then? Like, how? If that's true. How, in the mathematical probability, are are you going to run into the top 10% with regularity? How? There's 90,000 people playing PC right now, okay? Just cut that in half. Let's just say 45,000 people are right now logging in and playing Crucible in Destiny. The, the, the likelihood of you running into the top 10% is low. The math's in your favor. There's more average people in the playlist, but I think people blow it out of proportion. They get beat by a reasonably good team, and they're like, see? We need skill-based matchmaking. I'm just getting stomped. This isn't fair. And it's like, they're just a decent team. I can stack a team right now, six people, and they're all 1KDs. They're all good players like me. They're right down the middle. I'm not god tier. I'm not gigs or crafty, and I never will be. I'm right down the middle. And if I take five people just like me right down the middle, and we go into a purely connection-based environment, we're going to win a lot. We just are. We're winning. We're going to work together. We're going to move as a machine. The main issue is... You gotta do you gotta do ranked and unranked, as I said, so that you have more equilibrium happening. You gotta keep the hardcore players, you gotta keep the high level players motivated to stay in ranked, so it's equilibrium. So they're not flooding over to the unranked and just stomping all day long. And I think as long as there's a good ranking system and they're motivated to stay there, it helps. They're not they're not overpopulating the unranked playlist. Okay. The other thing you have to do, and this kind of goes without saying, there should be some efforts to put stacks against stacks and solos against solos. That goes without saying. And I think more often than not, people pull out the wrong gun and and, 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 and target the wrong thing. They're like, I'm getting stomped. I need skill-based matchmaking. No, 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 no. You're getting stomped. You need better matchmaking algorithms that keep you as a solo player against other solo players. That's what you need. Why do you think the Lone Wolf playlist from Comp last season was so celebrated? That's exactly why. Because you didn't have to deal with stacks. Almost every single time that Lone Wolf, that solo queue came up, everybody that talks about it says it was amazing. And that's why. The issue isn't that you're going to get run over by all these boogeymen like top 10% coming for you. The god tier players are coming for you. No. You need protected from stacks if you're solo. And I think by and large, the lower spectrum players, the lower skilled players tend to play by themselves because that's just kind of the nature of being at that end. If you're really, really high skilled, you're likely going to find other people that are at your level and you're going to go for the gusto. You're going to go for the win. So... That's that's how many layers and nuances there are to this discussion. So it's never as simple as people try to make it. Oh, the hardcores just want to stomp and bad people can't have fun without skill-based matchmaking. That doesn't even land on the playing field of the discussion. The discussion has so many other layers to it that when people say those things, I'm like, you just don't even understand what we're talking about if that's your response to the situation. So... 
Captain SRAS, do you think that they should have changed the mechanic or the arena instead of just different attack from the boss? Yeah, I talked about this in my talk. I think it would have been a little bit better to do a little bit more. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat him up about it though. I think I think when I zoom out and I look at Sundial overall and how it pairs with the obelisks. I think the sundial is a great activity and I'm not going to get super frustrated at the boss changes. Obviously people are going to probably draw comparisons to Menagerie and be like the bosses were all totally different and it, and it really was great and I, I, I get that. I get that. But we know that Opulence was built by another company and, and had a longer time to cook and Vicarious Visions really, really went hard to make it their, a beautiful swan song and they're to be applauded for that. But our expectation for sundial should be toned down a little bit and I again think we got more than we expected I don't think anybody expected Sundial and the Obelisk and the Seasonal Grind to be as good as it is so I'm not going to hit Bungie really hard for for having a boss that isn't super different than the first boss I'm just not going to get that upset about it now now if Legend launches in January and does almost nothing and has almost no loot incentive, then you'll have a critical video coming for me and I'll be like, this is silly. What's the point of this? If you're going to have difficulty spectrum, there's got to be a solid loot incentive. And I, I hope they deliver that in January because that's kind of the missing puzzle piece right now for the spectrum to land and feel whole. We don't know what Legend's going to bring. We just don't. So, plenty of great questions and great discussions. If you're here right now and you enjoyed this segment, I'm going to keep streaming. If you enjoy the interactivity, it's like a podcast you can lurk and listen to that's also family friendly. Remember to click follow and turn on notifications. Also, keep in mind it's temporary and only for today. You cannot talk in my chat until you've been following me for one day that's a temporary thing we're going to remove that tomorrow it's just for the sake of the big movie that's coming out if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live i'm probably live right now at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe